Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana, where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Hey guys, welcome to the I Don't Get It podcast. Today is very special because we have a billionaire on cindy <laughs> a billionaire she is i feel a- like i should put my pinky like this like it's <laughs> yeah. the new austin powers thing if only people could see us right now yeah <laughs> so cindy eckert is amazing because she came up with something that people like to dub in the pop culture sphere as female viagra So we're going to talk to her about that and business because she has become a billionaire and she's given us her time today and we are so honored. So welcome to the podcast, Cindy. I love it. Thanks for having me. There's so many things I don't get, so I'm excited to just spend an hour with you guys. Here. Oh my gosh! Oh, Wait, off the top of Wait, your do head, do you have one? Yeah. yeah. Do, do you, you have, have one you want to share? Well, you guys have to dissect all sorts of uh, pop culture things for me. That's what I was listening. I of course had to go deep into your like male and female um, energy, like masculine and feminine <gasps> energy. What do you think? I was so proud of that podcast. I it's so good, and I think that um, I'm always told like. I have male energy, which it doesn't surprise you guys because most of my life is spent at work. So it was very fascinating to hear that. And I'm now finally like, I think found the successful relationship of my life that took me a really long time um, and a lot of failed relationships. And it's interesting, like how you have to toggle and think about those things. But I finally mm-hmm. found that energy match for me. So yay. Oh, that makes me so happy. <laughs> and it's, and it'll be interesting to dive more into that a little bit, just because like Ashley said, you're a billionaire, you're a woman, you're killing it. And it is like I think like Jake said in our last podcast, if you guys haven't listened to it, highly recommend. It's like we really mistake being feminine as being weak, especially yeah. in the workplace. And like that's so, such a bummer. But what's so interesting about you is that you're kind of like the perfect mix between masculine and feminine in your work because yeah. I'm sure you have to have a lot of masculine energy to pull a lot of what you have done off. But also you're like helping women get in touch with their feminine, right? So tell uh, totally. us- I mean, I think my pink, you know, I wear pink all the time for people who don't know me. You know, the the product is affectionately called the little pink pill. I have a pink incubator where I work on, you know, women's um, helping them get their businesses off the ground. And it's really because I do think like the narrative is femininity is weakness. And I reject that completely. I think femininity is power power in the bedroom, power in the boardroom. And, um, and so I really have leaned into that, but it's because, I mean, there's a little bit of irreverence in that. Mm -hmm. Cause can you imagine like, as I was going through my career, 
I didn't look like I fit the part in any way. I'm showing up in the room in my pink. My nails are painted. My lipstick's on. I'm in the stiletto. A true L Woods. Like, uh, totally. And everyone's like looking at me like, who's this? And I think you have a choice. You either like, you start to lean away from who you are to fit in, you know, to fit the mold and you're frustrated because you're not really yourself or you just like lean right toward it and say, you know, sort of, I dare you to underestimate me. This is going to be fun. Exactly. Life is all about just being more you every day. Well, Lauren is feeling a little under the weather, but she is here. She's here here in in like a ghost form. In a ghost (laughs) form. But she, I wanted to start off with a question that she had because she's hilarious. As far as this women, female Viagra that you have, Lauren wants to know, do you get a tingly feeling in the clit that you used to get in middle school when a guy touched your arm or watched Titanic? (laughs) (laughs) That's all she wants to feel in life again. And I mean, like... Like, I understand. Amazing. Same. And we just started with that question to really get everybody's attention right now. I know. It's sex. Let's, we got everybody's attention. Let's talk women and sex, everybody. Um, listen, I think what's incredible to me for women is that if you look at the most common issue we have, we lose our desire for sex. So for women who, who struggle, they like they no longer think about it. They don't want it. Um, you know, they start to get to a place where they're like going to bed early to avoid the whole conversation for their partner. And, um, and that just doesn't make sense to me. Like there's a reason biologically that that can happen to us. And that's where I was like, why do men get to have 26 different options if something goes wrong in the bedroom for them, but women don't have a single one ridiculous. I know men had 26, 26 different forms of Viagra. There are forms of Viagra, forms of testosterone, which, you know, can most of the time if men have low testosterone, they are struggling with libido issues. So they'll, that's what they come in and present with. Um, it's issues for curvature of the penis that <laughs> interferes with like enjoyment of sex. So all of these different things that men might struggle with in the bedroom were so important, like national emergencies, if a guy can't get it up, that we solved it 26 different times with treatment options, but women are struggling too. And we like pat them on the shoulder and tell them, you're just stressed. Have a bubble bath, go on vacation. And I'm like, what? 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 It's so, Do we so actually true. think that women don't walk into the bedroom with biology? And that is what got me fired up. So by the way, disclaimer, I built one of the companies with one of those male drugs. So I love wow. this. I love the sector of sex. Like I'm, I'm fascinated by, you know, how it changes our lives and shows up in our lives. And so I built that company and that's really where I was like, this is insane that there's no single treatment option for women. You know how they say, um, Necessity is the mother of all invention. Was there a certain moment or thing that happened in your personal life that led to this? Well, I think I was one of these women. I mean, I was a woman who was struggling with this issue. Um, I wanted to have a solution for it. And importantly, I'll tell you a moment though, when lightning struck. So I'm at this conference, it's called the Sexual Medicine Society Conference. Who knew there was one of those, right? You really should come. You should do like a live podcast from the next one. Um, but Ashley, we have a like, year worth of content. A hundred percent. You got, you're my guest. You'll come. I'll introduce you to all these incredible like researchers in the world. 
And so, she would be amazing hosting a panel there. You should do that. Oh my God. So fun. So we, I'm at this conference. It's in Miami. It's 2010. That's how long ago it was. And there's really this God in the space who was the principal investigator on Viagra. So he got Viagra approved for men. His name is Erwin Goldstein. And he, after that, really switched all of his study to women. So there's this cool product that is being studied. And, um, and the company that originated the science decides to walk away from it in the middle of study. So the guys that are studying it, the doctors that are studying it, have patients coming in. And at the visit, they basically say to them, hey, you have to give me all of that product back because we're no longer going to do this. And Dr. Goldstein, being who he is, filmed that interaction. And women were crying and their hands were shaking and they were saying, you can't take this away from me now that you've given me something back, something back that mattered to me. The product was Flobanserin or Addy. Um, it was in its early clinical trials days. And here I am at this meeting with my male company and he's like, stop, I wanna show you these videos. And I've learned that actually when you're in the field of sexual medicine, when doctors want to show you videos on their computer, you're like, no, thank you. Like, <laughs> they talk about sex very differently than any of us do. And he, he sort of chased me around and he's like, you must watch these videos. And I'd heard of this new science, but to see it in the, through the eyes of women who were struggling with this issue, who'd been given an opportunity to address it. And then the company that started the science walking away from it, he looked at me and he said, you better do something about this. And do you know why they walked making. away? Honest to God, it is women and sex. It is just so much to take on from a societal standpoint, because we aren't even conscious, I think, of how deep that runs in terms of the lack of valuing of female pleasure. And I think they knew they were up for controversy. And when I stepped out with this product, oh my God, you guys would not believe like the stupid shit that was written about this that just shows lack of understanding, lack of any, I think under, lack, certainly lack of any scientific understanding, but I would say lack of any kind of empathy toward women who are really struggling with this. But, you know, all of that just further fueled me to see this all the way through. All right, we're going to take a quick break to talk about something else you take orally to enhance not your sex drive, but your hair. Um, it is neutral. And like there are so many people struggling with, you know, desire, there are 80 million men and women in the U.S. experiencing hair thinning. So it's like you're not alone if you are going through this. And don't stress about it. Because even though it's scary, that just adds to the problem. So if you want to take control of your hair health and make the next few months a beautiful time in your life where you're going to grow thicker, fuller, healthier hair, well, get yourself some Nutrafol. Nutrafol is formulated with potent botanicals to help you grow hair as strong as you are. It's physician formulated and it's 100% drug free. So it's not like Addy. This is drug free. Um, they use natural clinical effective botanicals, like I said. 
to grow hair because of whole body health. When you said a beautiful time in your life, I pictured myself like with a long mane, like Rapunzel running through a lavender field, like next to a lake. I don't know why. And I don't know, guys. I think my favorite, (laughs) I don't get it, in the entire world is hair. I I don't understand what it is. I know it's like dead cells. It doesn't make any sense to me. And I also chicken isn't your biggest. I don't get it. Like last week. Well, oh yeah, exactly. Chicken. Now it's hair. I don't like it. Grows in our nose. It grows in very random places. Like I, I don't know why we care about it so much, but I really care about mine. Um, I, I attach a lot of meaning to my hair in a good way. I, it makes me feel confident. And so I've been taking Nutrafol for a very long time. I'm a massive fan of it. If you have any questions, you can always DM me. But like Ashley said, it's drug-free. I take two tablets in the morning, two at night, and I have felt my hair get stronger. And I have tried almost everything, almost every powder you can buy at like your local health grocery store that you put in your coffee and smoothies, like Nutrafol is the one thing that actually has helped my hair grow thicker and fuller. And you can actually visit Nutrafol.com and take their hair wellness quiz. Um, They have customized product recommendations that put the power to grow thicker, stronger hair back into your hands. And right now you can grow thicker, healthier hair and support our show, the I Don't Get It podcast, by going to Nutrafol.com and using our promo code GETIT to save $15 off your first month's subscription. This is their best offer available anywhere. It's only available to U.S. customers for a very limited time. Plus, you get free shipping on every order. So get $15 off at Nutrafol.com. That's spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com. Our promo code is GETIT. For hair as strong as you are. Okay, so let me just like get this all straight. You were at a sex convention. <laughs> there, there was there you you came across this drug. It was like kind of like a drug company that it is. Mm-hmm. okay that they made a version of like female Viagra, aka Addy, which is just like the brand name, right? It is, and then. It they, works totally differently, which I want to explain, okay, but yes. Okay. So then they like were no longer going forward with it, but there were women that were devastated because it was That's helping right. their lives so much. And yep. then you representing a um a pharmaceutical company, or did you have your own? I had my I had my company with one of the male okay. drugs and yeah. I sold it off to take this on. Okay. And that product wasn't on market, it was being studied. So like nobody knew of it yet. It was just being studied and they'd started doing the science. So they were doing research with women. And those were the women that Irwin captured in his videos. So the, yeah, so I was going to say, so the people upset were participants of a trial. Correct. And so you owned a pharmaceutical company. Are you a doctor? No, I'm a business person with an unbelievable scientific team. And I think that's been the, the, um, you know, sort of the secret sauce for all of these years is having these incredible scientists that I'm surrounded by, but recognizing, I think, business opportunities differently and then going to work on it. The science was just beginning um, in terms of the study of this product. So I didn't want them to just walk away from like early days observations. We took it on and did all of the additional work and then took it through to the FDA. Okay. Wow. Cool. So cool. So well, first, let's, let's. How do you like? How are you a, a, not a doctor and you <laughs> to create a like a, a business that specializes in pharmacology? Yeah. Like how? Like how do you go from the idea of like I would like to do something in the medical field? Yeah. To creating a billion dollar company. <laughs> well, you find it. You find a gap. 
in the market. And I think my whole life has been about if there is something that everyone else is running away from, that's my signal to run in and run toward it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a lot of entrepreneurship, right? People who see like the, the overlooked idea. And for me, I'd been in the, I'd been in this field, right? I'd been in this space. So I understood it. I'm actually really a huge science geek um, at heart. So I love um, the impact that it can have on people's lives. And for me, I didn't have all the answers. That's the real confession, but I sure as hell had the conviction to see it through. And I think that's the first step in anything you want to do, be it in the sciences, be it in business, whatever it is, you know, ultimately success doesn't come from having all the answers, knowing exactly how to do it. Success comes from having the courage to do it. Yeah. I just think this is so terrible because I don't want to like throw this in the same sentence as you because your eons not even in the same universe but i'm watching the dropout the story about elizabeth holmes yes and she has like that huge quote from yoda from star wars on the wall which is like don't try just do or something along those lines lauren has an observation she wants to share um she said just because women's arousal isn't visual aka like a boner and semen men she feels like men don't take it as seriously because it isn't tangible i i I think that's actually very, I think that's really well put. I think for us, we like sort of accept, right? They can't get it up. We can see it. We go, oh, let's fix it. And for women, when something goes wrong, so something goes wrong for a man, we go biology. Something goes wrong for a woman, we go, oh, psychology. Yeah, but yeah, like what's wrong with you? Yeah, it's so funny. And listen, this plays out in medicine. Like for everyone listening, this is like women can walk into an ER right? They can walk up behind a man. A man will have said all of his symptoms. A woman can walk up verbatim. She could say the same symptoms. She will wait longer. Why do you think she waits longer? Because we think she's just freaking out. We assign so much to psychology and I think it's important, but here's the black and white of it to me. We figured out the biological basis for women's low libido through brain scan imaging. So what did it look like? So you can see it actually in black and white. Take a woman who's like, you know what? Like, I never want it anymore. Something's changed. Something's different. And it's bothering me. Put her in an MRI. Take a woman who's totally happy with her normal, like, ebb and flow of desire. Expose them both to porn. Their brains light up totally differently. Hmm. totally differently. And that was also like, that's a lightning rod moment for me. Like we've figured out, this is the desire discovery, right? What is it that unlocks for women, unlocks desire for women? It's in the brain, which I think women almost could intuitively tell you, like I turn on here, like this is really where the party begins for me. And that is so fascinating. So we're really animalistic when we have sex. I want to talk about desire more because I've been reading The Art of Seduction by Robert Greene, who I love. And he talks about like how men, this is a little stereotypically, but some of it's backed by like a lot of just science and truth and fact is that men are so much more visual and we get turned on by words and language, Mm. which is so interesting to me. Can you talk more about how desire... It t- tell us more about the difference between those two people and those brain scans. Like yeah. how yes. do their brains light up differently and how do different women experience desire when it's related to sex? Yeah. And I so, want to like add in there, is that psycho, but wouldn't that be, would that be psychology, psychology? or is right, that biology? Right. Chemically, that too. Right? So That's it's chemical physiology. biology. 
it's it's neuro it's neurochemistry, right? It's brain yeah. chemistry. It's like this magical balance of serotonin and dopamine is really what we need to respond to sexual cues. So that's happening physiologically for us. Um, so we are like, look, none of us human the human race wouldn't be here. We're <laughs> we're not for sex. So you know, we're we're innately sort of biologically driven to procreate right? Or to, or to bond, if you will, intimately, unless you're asexual, you make a choice not to do that. So I want to say, I'm not speaking to that, that group uh, explicitly, but in essence, we shut all the tabs in our brain when we have sex, right? We quiet our brain, we shut it all down and we animalistically kind of come together for women with this issue. What you saw on those brain scans is they never shut the tabs of their brain. They can't, cl- yeah. And that's why it's not pleasurable because right. you're like thinking too much, right? It's, it's the information processing center of the brain keeps going. So women will describe like, I'm lying in bed, I'm doing my to-do list. I got to do this, I got to do this. It's like sex can't even come into focus for them. And it's a nuisance, like if it's actually like suggested or introduced because they're not quieting the part of their brain, the sexual part of your brain that basically has to shut down in order to have sex. And that happens for millions of women. And it could be post-childbirth. Your hormones go back to normal, but something gets kicked off neurochemically. It could be long-term use of birth control that causes this. There's a variety of reasons that spec- that are speculated scientifically for why this does happen. But we know, looking at those brain scans that have been repeated over and over and over again, um, you know, in all these different medical institutions, Stanford did the biggest work in the U.S., um, that this phenomenon definitely does exist. Everybody says that fashion is kind of like a representation of you. You know, you express yourself, your personality through clothes. Well, a, a big accessory, like maybe the biggest accessory you can wear if you have to wear them or if you want to wear them, are glasses. Your frames say a lot about your personality. Do they not? Do you kind of know who a hipster is and like <laughs> who, who like a who a lawyer is and or your who, cool you know, or professor is like, you know, all those things kind of through the glasses that they wear. Everybody loves my glasses. And I got my glasses from this really awesome website. It's called pairiwear.com. They have hundreds of frames, top design frames to match whatever uh, base frame that you choose that you want frames the base ones um they start at just sixty dollars and that includes prescription lenses so i've never heard of a deal like that before um they also have a base frame and a magnetic top um frame in that combination makes it easier so you could like switch up your style if you want like you can have like different, like a like a, mix, a mix match eyeglass, which is really cool. So this is how it works. You can change your glasses to your clothes. You get started by choosing your base frame with options from square to the cat eye. I usually prefer a little cat eye, but you know, when you want to be serious, you go to square. But every frame then comes in six different colorways, including classic black to remixed blue torso. And then you pick your top frames and you build a collection to match your personality. It's sick. And like Ashley was saying, I love using fashion as armor and I feel like I'm someone who's always like a champion of going to therapy and and doing inner work to feel better. But what people don't realize is you can actually use fashion to feel better too. Like whenever I feel poor, I put on a robe. I'm a big robe girl. (sighs) 
Um, and if you ever want to is... feel really smart or good about yourself, okay, okay. get some decorative glasses. It's actually I was like, fun. Where is she going with this? I'm saying it's really, really fun. And I'm someone who wears contacts. So, you know, it's this is pair eyewear is an obvious if you already need, you know, corrective lenses or glasses, but or prescription lenses. But if you are someone that doesn't, it's still really fun. Their be- their base frames start at just sixty dollars. And what I love about it is for every pair purchased, pun intended, pair provides glasses and vision care for children around the world. So you get to feel so Aww. good about yourself. This is honestly such a win. Get glasses as unique as you are. One pair, infinite style, starting at just $60. Go to PairEyewear.com slash get it for 15% off your first purchase. That's 15% off at P-A-I-R-Eyewear.com slash get it. Okay. So let's get really personal here for a minute. Yeah. I've talked about it on, my pod- on this podcast before. So like the audience probably has a pretty good idea, but... Okay, so starting around the age of, well, first off, I don't know if you know, but I was famously a virgin on The Bachelor, okay? So it really didn't affect my life too much. And there's like always, okay, well, we'll talk about this in a second. Okay, so around the age of 23, 24, I went on birth control and spironolactone for my skin. Yeah. Did wonders for my skin and my confidence. And yeah. then I also went on to Telefram and um, for my anxiety and also did wonders for my brain and my life. Yeah. But I realized <laughs> within like nine months-ish, I was like... Lauren I feel- says it's Citalopram. Yes, yeah, Citalopram. <laughs> okay, okay, it's not a fram. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's Citalopram. Citalopram. Okay. Mm -hmm. We do this all the time. I always forget (laughs) how to say it. I feel like I'm like a conduit for Lauren. I had to interrupt because she would have. Okay. And then I was like, oh, wow. Like, I feel nothing because there were like three drugs that knock the sex drive out of you. But, you know, I didn't have a boyfriend, was in a relationship, was a virgin. It didn't really make a difference. And like, does that say that every time I had a makeout session, did I not feel anything? Sure. I, I definitely like would feel something. And if it was like, like, knew the, the guy was new and exciting and like blah blah blah. Then like uh, then you feel you know you're like oh okay yeah, yeah. I feel something right. But like for the most part, what yeah. people are like was it hard to stay a virgin for so long? I was like no, <laughs> because right. I was just I'm just so turned off down there. Yep. Um, so how does Addy yeah. help with that? Because I yeah. feel like because of the testosterone that is in it, yes. is it going to make my acne worse if I were to go no. on it? So, so Addy is non-hormonal. What? So, that, so non-hormonal. It's no. working on brain chemistry. Yes. I'm actually so glad. That's so, such an important point. So no, well, we don't see anything related to that because there's not a hormone. In fact, again, what, what where women ignite for desire is in the brain. So the, the Addy's basically working on dopamine and serotonin. It's hitting those receptors in the brain that make us excited for sex, that loosen our inhibition towards sex. It, your perfect parallel, because I think so many people really understand these, Ashley, like the anti-anxiety and the antidepressant medications that many of us have taken. If you can imagine for a second that you can take things that basically kill your sex drive. Mm-hmm. 
then similarly, you could work on chemicals in the brain that would increase your sex drive. Okay, That's that is... basically what Addy does. So it, it has a pro-sexual effect, unlike those products that really kill your sex drive. Okay. Cindy, I'm... how do you spell Addy? A-D-D-Y-I. A-D-D-Y-I. And is this a daily pill or something that you take right before you plan to have nope. sex? Non-hormonal daily pill. You take it once daily at bedtime. Um, you know, I want to say like, Addy's not a panacea. It won't work for everybody. It has side effects. Um, you know, so if anybody wants to see the full information, you can just go to Addy.com. And if you do slash PI, you can read the full prescribing information. So if I took it every night, would I be aroused every night? Or so feel here's pain? what it's doing. It's really, again, like I draw a parallel to an antidepressant that you take daily right? So you take it daily because you're restoring a function that you once had similarly with Addy. So we're not really on demand when it comes to sex. Women are not, which is why it's funny that the media called it female Viagra because it doesn't work that way Mm -hmm. at all, right? It's not like, let's go. It's really like, again, getting that neurochemistry into a place where you're receptive, where you're thinking about it, you're fantasizing. In fact, one of the first things we hear from women who are responders to treatment is they go, oh my God, I'm having a fantasy. Like I stopped in the middle of the day and I like send a text and I'm like, I'm thinking about it. And what that tells you is that's exactly how it's working, right? And that part of the brain that is motivated for sex. So it's making you start to like, think about it. And, and, you know, you see a scene in a movie and you're like, all right, let's go. Um, so that's really how it shows up. I have so many questions. Um, what is the part of the brain that is motivated for sex called? So, so basically you're working in the motivation center. That is the balance between dopamine and serotonin. That's really, it's, it's prefrontal cortex, dopamine, serotonin complex is really what it's working on. So my first thought when you said that was I was like, oh, duh, right? Like this is interesting. But then I thought, I I happen to know that I have lower serotonin levels than I think the average person. Uh-huh. So how does that affect, is that why certain people are responders and certain people aren't? Because if everyone's taking the same pill, but yeah. we all have sort of different chemical balances sure. of serotonin and dopamine, how does that work? Yeah, I think just like an antidepressant. So I'll, I'm going to keep making these parallels just because I think most of the audience probably has knows them or knows somebody who's on them. Um, you know, they've been around for a long time. It's same thing, right? So often when a doctor prescribes an antidepressant, like that one might not be right for you, but this other one might be, or they might tinker with it because of we're, we're all unique in terms of that. And, and a doctor has to make this decision for sure with you if it's right for you. Um, right. But that's why some are, some are better responders than others. What are the side effects? Dizziness, sleepiness, nausea, like the common um, side effects of a drug that works in, in, um, in the way that Addy does. And, um, and we do say like, um, you know, we worry about women with really low blood pressure, um, that if they take something else that also works on brain chemistry, like the combination of the two could lower their blood pressure. Um, That's good to know. And then I also wanted to know, what are some success stories that you can share? Maybe one. Yeah. Oh, I, listen, this is my, I'll tell this story because it moved me so much. Um, I was spoken, I was speaking in San Francisco and I got off stage, uh, rumor, rumor Willis and I were on stage at create and cultivate. And, um, we get off stage and a woman comes like running across the audience to talk to me. <clears throat> and I was, she said, I've got to talk to you. I got to talk to you. I said, okay. And, and rumors like trying to make her plain. So we're like moving, you know, and she's <laughs> following us along. And she said, 
um, I'd already was already with divorce lawyers. I've struggled with this issue for years. We'd lawyered up. My husband had a lawyer. I had a lawyer. Um, and she said, I was sitting in my car one day and I heard you on a podcast and I thought, wait, what if this is it? She said, cause what broke down first is sex. And if it breaks down in the bedroom, I promise you it breaks down at the breakfast table. Once you stop having sex, that intimacy and connection, that communication really starts to falter in a relationship. And that's what she was describing in hers. So she went into her physician. She actually was um, a candidate for Addie. She took Addie. She said, can I take a picture with you and show my husband? Cause we're still together today. Oh, that's so and cute. I was crying. I mean, it's so, I, but it's not just that story. I have to tell you guys, same. I was speaking at an event and I like, it was an all male audience. So about hundred people, 98 were guys. And the two guys that have arranged this event, I think we're a little bit worried. Like I'm here, I am up in pink. Like, is there audience? It was a business conference. Like, are they going to like me? And I'm talking about my story and they were seated like stadium style. So I could see this one guy got up and left. And I'm like, trying not to think of it because I'm staying in the zone. And I wonder why he left. And right before it ended, he came back in and sat down. So I'm at Q&A. He's the first guy to raise his hand. Like, okay, I got a question. And he said, you guys probably saw that I got up and walked out. And everyone's kind of looking like awkwardly like, yes. And he said, I had to go outside and cry my eyes out because I've been struggling with this in my relationship and I've never considered that it wasn't about me. And like, that is huge. We all want to be wanted in a relationship. And when this is going wrong for women, and you're with guy, girl, whoever, and they don't understand, they think it's about them. And what's so sad to me is it could really just be that your biology is betraying you and there's something you could do about it. Yeah. I was listening to you on Nick Vial's podcast yeah. and you had like a pretty sizable segment about just like how it's not about you. It's about like the, like she is going through like it's, she can't help, like she can't help. It has nothing to do with you. There's like yes. something else going on. Yeah. And it's just as fresh. It's probably more frustrating for her than it is for you. Yes. He was good about that. I thought, cause he like had his own, like guys, I think have this aha moment because you know, they think it's all about them. <laughs> like you, do you want them? Are you not attracted to them? Do they look good enough? Have they gone to the gym enough? Whatever that whole thing is. And like, how much kinder would relationships be if even guys understood, oh my God, it might be outside of her control. And so instead of having the, you know, pressuring her or, you know, like being frustrated about this or anything else, like giving her room to talk about it and figure out if this is what's going on. It's so funny because I feel so opposite. I feel like, um, I feel like personal opinion more often than not women think it's their fault Yeah, when something goes wrong in the bedroom, uh, whether it's them or the other person or yeah. an outside, I don't know, factor. Yeah. I think well. we so often blame ourselves and we're so quick to apologize and we feel like we're not performing. And I think yeah. growing up, we were taught that, it's all outcome based. Yep. And so I think when when I think back to the brain scans that you were doing between yeah. someone who like gets sexual desire yep. and another person who doesn't and all the brain tabs you said that are up in that person 
when they're having sex, I think for me, it's because it's so outcome based. Like, yeah. do I look okay? What do I need to do? Yeah. Uh, are we going to orgasm? And so I want to talk about orgasms because I feel yeah. like that's such a huge thing. And I'm actually working on arousal on my own. I'm sort of like the annoying one on this podcast, Cindy. I don't like medicine. I'm just, I'm more holistic. (laughs) You know, I rather like, I don't know, fly to like the Appalachian Mountains and like eat a flower and see if I get aroused. (laughs) But I, so for me, I've been working on arousal on my own with no medicine. And I'm realizing that I, it is so outcome-based for me. I am so focused on orgasm. Can we simply just have pleasure for the sake of having pleasure? So I want your thoughts on like all of this in general, based off all the studies you've done. And then let's get into orgasm. Okay, perfect. So first, let me agree with you that I totally agree that women think it's their fault. So we're all egocentric, men and women alike, when it comes to sex, right? So we all think it's about us. And I think for women, unfortunately, for men, it shows up like she's not attracted to me. For women, it shows up like there's something wrong with me. Mm -hmm. I'm broken. Oh my God. I tell my husband all the time. I'm broken. I'm broken. It's. I'm I broken. mean, it's not your fault. I'm broken. There's something wrong with me. And this has been like years that I've said this, but I know that it's because of the medications that I'm on, but I have no idea how to solve that. That's right. But it's also, you're not broken. Uh, you're not. Well, That's well, right. It fe- I can't think of a better explanation than like my body has turned off that region yeah. because of what I'm on. Yes. Well, I'm a good example of someone who's not on anything Ashley's on and who also feels broken. No, yeah. so Naz, like there's a you, lot of different You are women. always down for sex. No, but it doesn't mean that I've had like pleasurable experiences in the bed with like another man. It doesn't mean yeah, that like, but you, I'm like, not think constantly about it. You, like, want it. You want it. You want it. Yeah. That might be the distinction between you guys. Okay. You want it? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think the downstream effect. So that's really so important right there. I think like I've heard just, you're not alone, Ashley. Yeah. Like 10 and years. I've again, been in, and everyone actually, knows how obsessed I am with my husband and how hot I think he is. Yes. And I tell him he's so hot every day. And that I think I just like could just stare at him. I'm just like, you're a work of art. I, I just like, I <laughs> yeah. love touching you. I love, like I touch him. Like I just can't not touch him. But like that stuff, don't yep. need it. It's this it's, is the medication induced low desire. Like yeah. that you are prototypical. What you're describing of that, and like for ten years, I've been talking to women who are struggling with these issues, and like I, I'm broken is one of the most common things that I hear said. And also, they want they say like they love their partner, right? Yeah. They find them, they're hot, they're into them, and everything else. They just don't think about it. They could take it or leave it. Mm-hmm. Like sex is like, nah, it's not something that they're driven toward. That is prototypical. I think Naz, what you're talking about is more around like finding that pleasure in orgasm and everything else, which is a downstream effect. So just for clarity with Addie, like Addie's indication is desire. Like it's mm. really, it, it's around wanting it. And it's for like menopause, premenopausal women, excuse me, younger actually, like who are not interested in sex. Once you have sex, like the other areas of sex that we study are arousal, orgasm, and pain, but they're like the downstream of that. So if you- So what does that mean when you say downstream? I think think sex, when it's studied like scientifically, is a bit of a cascade, right? Like I want it, 
Now I get aroused. Hopefully I have a great orgasm. There's no pain present. So I'm drawn for people who can't see me visually. I'm like drawing a circle because it's kind of how sex is studied of this like tipping point. But I think if you want it, but like it's disconnecting around arousal or orgasm. Those are separate areas of study. We have no, we don't have medi- medical solutions for those. Got people. it. So Addie would not help someone like me essentially is what you're saying, which is a great if, distinction to make. Yes. If you want it, if you want sex, like by, you should never take, like Addie would not be appropriate for you. Or if you don't want sex and you don't give a shit, never, like you would never be a candidate for it as well. Like I should say that um, it's really for people who are bothered by not ever having having this like thought or desire for sex that they once had. Is there a um, barometer of how often we should be wanting it? How do we know if we want it enough? Yeah. I I couldn't help but wonder. (laughs) Yes. I think that's, I think that's so funny because that's where this conversation gets really loaded. And I thought it got really loaded as I was going through the FDA approval. It's like, people were like, well, how much is enough? Well, The woman gets to decide, right? Mm. It's so individual. Like we, some people would love to have sex four times a day and some people have sex four times a year, Mm -hmm. right? It just, that's the truth of it. I think it is sex on your own terms for how much you want it. But no, I don't think definitely there's like the right amount. Um, It's the right amount for you personally. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. I normally find bras to be so uncomfortable and constricting. But Skims has changed that. You know I love Skims underwear, so I finally tried their bras, and Skims has delivered again. Skims bras are worth the hype for the amazing shape and support they give, but what I wasn't expecting was how comfortable they are too. I've tried so many bras in the past, and the main issue that I have is that they weren't supportive enough, to the point where they felt slouchy. I love my Skims wireless form bra because it's so comfortable and supportive. The older I get, the more I care about actually being comfortable in what I wear every day. And with my wireless form bra, I no longer have to sacrifice my comfort for the support I need. Shop Skims Bras at Skims.com, now available in 62 sizes, 30A to 46H. Plus, get free shipping on all orders over $75. If you haven't yet, be sure to let them know we sent you. After you place your order, select Podcast in the survey, and select our show in the drop-down menu that follows. 
I'm going to speak on behalf of my sister right now, who is again a ghost, but <laughs> she falls in line um, in the center of what Naz and I are here. Yeah. Uh, she has been now in like a long-term relationship. She's engaged. Yeah. Um, I, Lauren, I hope I'm not revealing too much for you, but like at the beginning, you know, she's like down, you know, she's down. Yeah. Oh, she says never. And <laughs> now, and now that they have been together for over two years, she's like, yeah. ugh. No, yeah. she's the one trying to pretend like she's asleep, right? Yeah, yeah. So how is that desire or lack of yeah. desire different? And like, isn't that like the so, so normal for so, women to like, it, it gets like so mundane? How does, does Addie help with that? Do you need to spice up your life? Spice up your yeah. life. I think <laughs> that's, and I'm glad, I just want to piggyback off that because yeah. the question I wanted to ask you was if someone like me who does want to have sex, yeah wants to have more can well, i take it? yeah i mean I think in 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 real practice like you know i think the indication is for lack of interest in sex that's causing you bot like bugs you you're frustrated by it right you're bothered by it and i think what what um physicians will ask why don't i do it this way this is their simple kind of litmus test for you did you once have more interest in sex right um has something changed has that change been persistent? Like it's been a while, maybe right for Lauren where like, okay, well now it's like four, five months now. I'm not feeling this six months, Lauren eight says months, yes whatever. And, yes. and, and, and does it bug you? Like that's really the litmus test for whether or not, and then they'll make sure there isn't something else going on, right? It's not secondary to something else, but the, that's really what they're going to have in terms of a conversation to you of whether or not you would be appropriate to try it. And I think, again, it ultimately becomes your call. You know, when I, when I set out to um, create this product, it, it wasn't about like, it's about women having an option, right? Mm -hmm. Take it or don't take it. But by right. God, if guys have 26 different options for things we should that go have on, one too. we should have more than one. We should have, right. we should have many options and we should be having this kind of conversation. And I think these nuances to exactly what we've identified, like between the three of you, where you're all in different places on this, but you all actually deserve, I think, to have more of a conversation about sex and more options and at your disposal for what you might do about that, be it medical or non-medical. Now, as I think to your point, either way, I'm a, I'm a, I will say on, on, uh, from a medication perspective, um, for all the folks that are listening, there's a lot of garbage peddled to women, a lot of garbage, because this is one of the most searched terms. Listen to this last year. How many times do you think like female Viagra was searched online or low libido? 22 million times. Okay. It's a ton of interest in looking for it, right? Mm -hmm. And so a lot of garbage is peddled. Just make sure it's evidence-based. Like I'm I it when I look at uh medications, like my perspective is different being from this industry in that they are burdened to prove it. They have to prove it's safe, prove it's effective, right? Do all of the long-term safety studies. They're going to be inspected where they make it, all of those things. And I look at some of the stuff that's peddled and people don't even appreciate what they're putting in their body because it's like so-called natural, but it's not really been studied. 
What does peddled mean? Like Like pushed, pushed, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Like sold under these, I mean, like there's a product called live in libido loca at Walmart. And I I would buy it just for the name. (laughs) That is why. Wow. I die. Like every time I see it, I'm like, Oh my God. Like, are you joking? And it's, you know, tree bark or something. And look, I'll be frank. Like it's not going to, it's not going to ignite the, um, the sexual center of your brain. It's not going to happen. It doesn't work that way. So, so why is it that guys, I'm sure it's going to go back to the, um, psychological chemistry. The, um, why is it that in Lauren's situation, her fiance, totally not over it. He could have sex with her every single day. And with women, we get over, over that. Yeah. Um, you know, I can't speak to your particular relationship, but I, I do think there's probably a, um, neurochemistry sort of difference, right. Um, for Lauren that has happened over time. And I think that's what may happen. And we, it it might also be boredom. Like, I don't know what you guys do to spice it up. Um, that's certainly an important thing to be active on that in your sex life. But, but I think that, um, for men that, that drive is not all men, men can have this issue too, by the way, I hate getting on my sweatpants. I love that she just wrote that. That's in the comments. That does make me laugh. Um, I get it. I, I think, I think that's right, but, but you do have options. That's the good news um, in terms of turning back on that desire. <laughs> Let's talk about options. So is because we've only heard about Addy really yeah. on this podcast. So are there more yes, out there? There is. There's one other. It's called Vilesi and it's an injection. Um, so you Ooh, take it every yeah. day. Uh, you, not every day. You can take that um, before a sexual event. But um, yeah, it's, a, it's an injection. But you inject like you do it yourself? Like an You do self-inject. Yeah. Like in what? the legs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so what happens? Is it like, I'm picturing, cause I watch a lot of superhero movies. Yeah. So I'm picturing you, it goes in the thigh and then all of a sudden you're like, Oh my God, I want to have sex right now. <laughs> <laughs> Not quite that fast. I can't remember. It's, um, I should know this. I'm sorry that I don't know how, what it's like time horizon is, um, to work. Maybe it's a few hours. Um, but it, it really is like jacking up dopamine, which is excitement. I'm so curious what would happen to me if I if I took any of these. Yes. But I don't know if I would. Nasa be humping her pillow. That's all. <laughs> I already do that. I know. You'd be nonstop. What are the What are some of the things that you're reading? I'm like curious what you're doing around arousal and like orgasm. I love this question. I uh, just bought men's shaving cream. And I put it on my boobs in the shower because it's okay. fun. Yeah, and I love shaving cream, and well, wait, it smells like a really hot man. Oh, okay, and I love how it smells. Yeah, um, I've been waking up every morning and I put oil like on my body and on yeah. my neck and like on my collarbone and like everywhere but my boobs. And I'm sort of just in this exploratory phase That's of true. what turns me on. Yeah. Like for example, I'm someone who actually I don't really get turned on when a guy touches my boobs. Mm-hmm. Um so I'm I'm in the really fun I don't know, I'm just sort of like figuring out what I really like and I don't think I took a lot of time to do that growing yeah. up and I think whenever I was with a man it was all about like, how can I make this an amazing experience for him? And I never had a horrible experience, but I will say, I don't think I've ever had probably the best yeah. pleasurable experience yeah. with another man. And I really want to have that because I really like sex. And so 
when it comes to arousal, that's sort of what I've been doing. I've been like figuring out what I get aroused by and just having, I think it's also about getting in touch with things that just feel good to you and that is not related to sex. So for example, when I make coffee in the morning, I've actually put it um, in between my thighs because I like how hot it feels. (laughs) And I think it's a matter of just like being, it's like, the, I have a mentor and coach who's like helped me with this and yeah. she calls it everyday ecstasy mm. where it's almost like I'm on drugs where I walk around my house and I'm like, ooh, like, and I'm using different objects and I'm figuring out like how it feels to me. Like I took like pompous grass and I like put it on my face the <laughs> other day. And if someone saw me, they would be like, put this girl in an insane <laughs> asylum. She's like fucking crazy, but I love it. It's so much fun. And I'm just like getting in touch with having fun and arousal in general when it doesn't come to sex, like what I get excited by. And I realize what I really do get aroused by is food. Like when I eat a McFlurry (laughs) and I think all the three of us really do, it's like taste is so huge for me. And I didn't realize like, I literally am like, "Mm, this is so amazing. Like it's so good. And I'm realizing like, that's also a part of what arouses me, what gets me excited. You're like this. So that like this satiety signal or the, the, like satisfaction signal in the brain trades food and sex. What do you mean trades it? Like it's the, it's the same, right? Same part of the brain. Yeah. So really, and truly like actually, you know, when we're having a lot of sex and we lose weight, (laughs) that is (laughs) interconnected because like the sex is filling up, if you will, that signal as if that food which is, that makes a lot of sense. So that's something, can I, I have to zone in on one thing you said though, because it's so important. And I think about this of like what, at least culturally, most of us here, like the all American um, women are taught, which is um, that pleasure is ours to give Mm -hmm. and it's meant to receive. And we're taught really young at a very young age that pleasure is ours to give. So everything you're talking about is so spot on. And the only way we kind of own our power is if we flip it to pleasure is also ours to receive. And if we prioritize that pleasure and our sex lives or whatever it may be that brings you pleasure, I think it's transformative well beyond sex, right? Well beyond the bedroom. And I think that is absolutely part of, um, of owning your power. When we did the studies with Addie, there were three, three measurements of success to determine effectiveness, right? So one was, did you, did you have more desire for sex and which a woman can judge over the course of a month? Like, was she interested in it? Was she thinking about it? You know, did she have more satisfying sexual events and events, by the way, you also made me think of it wasn't just like intercourse, could have been orgasm. It could be like that she's, you know, um, masturbating could be like all of these things. So it was defined as this broad sense of like, what is a satisfying sexual event to me? And then importantly, were they less distressed by it? Because again, if you weren't distressed, you'd never be, be treated for it. So how much does outcome come into play with desire? Oh, that's a good question. Like, 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 yeah. yeah, like or completion. Yeah, or what so we yeah, think is a if, successful sexual experience stereotypically. Yeah, if you're yeah, not I, orgasming, are yeah. you? Are you like? Is that make you less inclined to want to do it again? 
Um, I think that orgasm definitely is, uh, you know, there's a feedback loop there for if I'm having a great <laughs> orgasm. Let's do it again. That right? came like, out no of my it. mouth and I was like, this is a dumb question. <laughs> no, but no, <laughs> it's not. Listen, so good. I think it's I, I don't think that that's the only definition though, importantly. And even like, as we did these clinical trials, right? How you define that satisfying sexual event doesn't only mean I, I climax. Like for the, the act of like being together and it feeling good and enjoying it and all, and, and it being thinking about it and turned on, like all of that is part of it. And I don't think that I don't think it's a realistic thought that every single time, you know, we, we definitely uh, orgasm or have the best orgasm of our life. Um, and I think that still can be very pleasurable sex and a, a great sexual experience. We, we become focused on that as a goal. That's a very male metric. Yeah. Yeah. By the way. Yeah. yeah. It really is. Yeah. Huh. Why do you think that is, that that is a male metric? Is it because like, biologically like in our like history in our bones in order to procreate they Mm -hmm. need to have an orgasm Mm -hmm. okay yeah Mm -hmm. very interesting okay i have some random questions for you wait can i ask something real quick um why since you've like literally created billion dollar companies and you're like so in this world of science and female health women's health um why is it that there is such a lack of research and wantingness and inertia behind helping women. Like when we think of birth control, I mean, that is just, it's asinine that there's no male birth control, that they barely know what's happening. I'm someone who I have endometriosis and like Um, to be handed a pamphlet and people not know like what's happening. Like I just, I don't know. There's a part of me, I don't know this world. So this can like sound very sort of like coming from, this can sound very aggressive, but I'm like, how have we made it to the moon? Amen. But, but we don't fucking have more research Amen. on like women's health, birth control. I mean, it wasn't until Ashley brought someone on to do a podcast with us last year where I was like, oh, I'm not going to be on this pill anymore. Right. I don't want to be on it. And so why is there such a lack of effort and energy and actual research when it comes to women's health. And Cindy, can you also explain here how you sold the company and then you had to buy it back because you did nothing with the drug after you sold it? This is, you all are speaking my language right now. I cannot tell you this is why I show up day in and day out loudly because it is appalling. 4% of all research dollars go to women's health. 4%. That's two. That's literally so offensive. Two percent goes to prostate cancer alone. Four percent. Here's why: it's not that there isn't a market, but companies that would innovate know that the hurdles will be higher and the path will be longer. And the reason is, it goes back to that basic premise I told you all, which is: if something goes wrong for men, biology. If something goes wrong for women, psychology. And we don't treat it with the same seriousness. How long did it take you to be diagnosed with endometriosis? Uh, Oh my God, years. Years. Years, years, years. Like I think 12 years from when I got my first period. I'm so sorry. How ridiculous is that when you consider the incident? Same thing when I think about, you know, Addie treats HSDD is the name for it, HSDD. Like the fact that we don't even know there's a name for it 
and it affects one in 10 women is ridiculous. The fact that there aren't solutions in market is ridiculous. But the problem, the dirty little secret in medicine is that bias is deeply embedded, deeply embedded in the medical system, in the regulatory system. And the only way I think we take control of it is if we own it, if women demand better, if we make decisions about like, you know, we're not going to be on this pill anymore. Um, And now I'm getting informed. There's technology for male contraception. It's been around forever. Like I've looked at at least three of these different companies to fund. And the reality is everybody goes, well, it won't work commercially because no guy will take it. So it's just, um, I wish I had like the magic bullet. I think my, what I would beg everybody listening to do is be more actively involved, um, in your own healthcare and demand better. Um, and, uh, and it's the only way we change it. Thank God there is a Renaissance right now of femtech. So what's femtech, right? Femtech is basically all these technologies that solve for women's health. All of that revolution is at the hands of women. So female founders have started these companies with solutions that put power in the hands of women. And I think we're going to see a very different day ahead. So the good news is it's beginning, but it requires like everybody being advocates. I sold the company. Um, You know, as Ashley said, I sold the company to a huge company that could make it globally available for women. For a billion dollars. Billion dollars. In cash? In cash, up front. Yep. And um, and they never, they, they never launched it. Can you imagine? Like we fought so hard. There are 26 products for men. We fought for women to finally get one. We crossed the finish line and then they couldn't get it. It wasn't in pharmacies. Their doctors didn't know what it was. They've never heard of it. Women were mistakenly asking for Viagra, like it doesn't work. It was just insane. And so, you know, sitting on the sidelines, I was like, hell no, not on my watch. And we got it back. And we've launched it. And now women can either do it via telehealth. So, you know, from the privacy of their home where they can speak to their doctors about it. And we're still educating. I still end up in medical conferences with physicians who've never heard of it, which just tells you how far behind we are in terms of caring about, you know, female products versus male products. It's, it's a devastating reality to our overall healthcare. And about the company, you didn't buy it back. You took it back. How is that? I took it back. Yeah. (laughs) I outlawed them. So when, when I uh, sold the product, I made them agree to certain things. Like how much would you educate? How much would you, you know, go out to OBGYNs? Like things that should have been like basic table, you know, table stakes to do this. And when they didn't do it, I had leverage. So I got it back and I kept the billion. And that's what I invest in other women. You kept it. You're such a fucking badass. (laughs) Like that's such a testament to like money. It's like not even about the money. It's about changing the world. I wish Lauren was here to do Elizabeth Holmes. (laughs) It's an inspiring step forward. Um, She's done such a bad. I'll tell you what. I will. I feel sorry for women in sciences, and we need women in sciences. Like, are you kidding? Like, for your healthcare decisions. 3% of companies are run by women, even though women control pretty much all the healthcare decisions in a household. um, Barely any of the companies are run by women, but she's done such a disservice to poor female founders. Cause you know, you walk into a room with, with um, investors and they say, Oh, are you the next Elizabeth Holmes? And I always think about like who, who has seen the fire festival document? 
right? Isn't that guy named <laughs> Billy McFarlane? Yeah. I, I definitely have. <laughs> you know that like no like 30-something-year-old guy who started a tech startup walks into a room of investors and they're like, oh, are you the next Billy McFarlane? Oh. And you're like, but it's they so don't. True. But That's they all, so true. all women in the sciences right now are being asked if they're the next Elizabeth Holmes. Wow. And it's just it's so fucks. That's I'm so, so over it. That's I'm so, so crazy when you say it's it like horrible. that. It's crazy. Horrible. You said marketing. Yeah. And I have, do you guys have like those drug store, those drug commercials <laughs> for Addy? Cause I just want to say, if you want to do a new one, I, so I've always wanted to be in one of those. Really? Yeah. I've always wanted to throw like a Frisbee to my dog <laughs> and just like take groceries out of like my sedan. So Run if you ever field need a new one. Dandelions. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so down. Anyway, I go can, ahead. we I don't can. have any of this ads. I'm so, we're, I'm going to so disappoint you. I'm gonna you should, you should you have should. one of those to make it a parody and literally everyone would pay oh. attention. They'd be like, oh my God, this is hilarious. Oh yeah. There was a, I have to tell you guys a funny story. So the funnier die, like comedy group, uh-huh. they, a bunch of female comedians actually did this issue and, uh, and they, it, exactly to your point, they did this parody on like how stupid it is. We don't talk about this. I like pee in my pants every time I watch it. It's great. You have to Google okay. it. That's well, I'm yeah. putting Lauren and Ashley and I up for, for availability. Okay. If you need us to be like, I'll do Good. a social media Why aren't we talking about female Viagra? <laughs> Lauren is saying in the it. comments that it should be like an Herbal Essences commercial. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. An old one. So true. Yeah. So true. Okay. Um, Let's talk about the pinkubator. What yes. is the pinkubator? Is it basically like your your center for all female empowering ideas? It is. Yeah. So I'm looking for women with like game changing first in health and wellness. Like that's I that's my area. That's the area we need the most disruption. And I look for other like crazy disruptors and help them get their product to market. So they have access to my team who I've helped me through, you know, years. And I've got some of the coolest companies coming out of it, you guys. The coolest. Wait, I have goosebumps. How do I get a meeting with you? Because I have to tell you about Heartbroken Anonymous on another day or time. Okay, do, please. I'd love to. Those are are my, um, I'm looking for those. Because again, like for... I'm giving all these stats, blah, 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 blah. But listen, how can women get 2% of all venture funding? 2%. 2%. And that has not changed over all these years. So female founders also don't get investment, which is part of why we don't see these products as well, right? Like that's just right. another layer of it. Like if I come to the table and I've invented a solution for this, but I can't get any funding, it's not right. inexpensive to get these products to market. Like it's why we never see these things. So hopefully I'm trying to solve it in that way too. Lauren wants to know if you're going to be a shark on Shark Tank. And I think you should be. Come on now. Yes. I yes. like that idea. Okay. I'd we need some pink that. on that show. They well, do. They yes. Have, they have women always on the panel, but maybe yeah. we can have a female version of Shark Tank where it's just yes. for girl products. I love that. Can love you imagine? That. We'd have we should the- call it jellyfish table. <laughs> okay, wait. I have a couple things I want to talk about that the Pinkubator is working on. Yes. The date rape is it a date rape nail? Like what is this date yes. rape thing? So it's basically so it's a disc. It's not polished. People think it is actually nail polish. It's like a little disc that you can put on the back of your phone. And if I dip my finger in a drink and touch it in 30 seconds, it tells me if there's a date rape drug in that drink. 
That's so cool. So very cool for like college campuses and stuff. We've been doing a ton of work. Um, Can we buy it now? You can, you can get it. It's called Sip Chip. Okay. Sip Sip Chip. That's cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But we haven't done, we've really, it's like soft launch. It hasn't really gotten, we haven't launched it yet, but you can find it. Um, What else? Dissolvable pregnancy tests? Oh, yeah. Flushable. Yes. Flushable. Why? Why flushable? Why Why is this helping our lives? Well, listen, if you could have the same effectiveness of any other pregnancy test, but you have the ability to either save the environment or flush it away if you don't want anybody else to see it, like discretion and sustainability, I'll take it. Like, why shouldn't we? Half of women who take a pregnancy test don't want the answer to be yes. Mm -hmm. So discretion is a piece of it. And a lot of women test at work today for that reason. Like, again, 80% of a pregnancy test today is plastic and it doesn't have to be. It seems smart to have an alternative solution. I used to throw I'm sorry. I'm laughing because maybe you're looking at the comments. My sister goes, in high school, I would have loved to have that. I used to throw it out the window. There was also this time that she's told about on this podcast before she like buried it in a dresser, like under, like beyond the the drawers yes. back there. And then my dad once was moving her out, shook no. the dresser. He's like, what's in here? And oh, she found, no. he found like her three-year-old pregnancy test. So I guess <laughs> there is a market for this. Yes. I mean, saying I'm she- someone who literally bought one at a CVS and went to a McDonald's to yes. take it yes. so that I could dispose of it. Yes. Because I like, did, couldn't have it in my house. Like, it's ridiculous. Okay, you it's guys ridiculous. also, I have to share the stats. So this is a fun question. So when women buy a pregnancy test, they they virtually never buy it alone. So they always yeah. buy at least one more item. What's the item? Chocolate. Um, tampons? <laughs> A magazine, oh. and they do it so they can hide it in the magazine, oh, and they whoa, walk up no to the counter way. like this. Because no we way. don't wow. even like embarrassed about that. There's right? so much shame. There's so, so much. Sh- much I mean, even when shame. I buy tampons, I feel shame. Shame in women's health. We have to fix that. It's ridiculous. We all go through these things. We should be openly talking about them. Yeah. Okay. Were you saying going to say Bobby? What was the other company? Bobby. Bobby's such a cool company. You guys should look it up. It's um, she's really changing infant formula. Oh, uh, I was gonna say, did you say Bob? I was like, is this Bobby the Bobby? I literally am working with them. I'm like a representative for them. Yay! Oh my god, I don't Whoa. even know that. That's, That's so, so crazy that you said that. I love them. I discovered them in September when I kind of you know, I figured out with my own body that I just not was not going to breastfeed. And yeah. their ads started coming up on my Instagram. And I was like, interesting. So I look into them and I'm like, oh, they're awesome. So they're I'm awesome. going to, um, you know, order that stuff when the time yeah. comes. And then they came to me and they were like, we're very yeah. excited that you've been advocating for our product. Do you want to like partner up? So that's amazing. so cool that you said that. Amazing. Laura Modi is, is like, awesome, the female founder. She's just dynamite and changing the game. I love it. Well, I am so, I just think you're so brilliant and I'm so impressed by you. And I, this is one of my favorite podcasts we've done on women's health. What the last thing I wanted to ask was I think what we've learned about so much that we're reckoning with, whether it's like racial injustice, women's yeah. health, like all this stuff that we're just as a collective trying to like get better at. Yeah. It all starts like at a young age, right? So are there any 
like, are you guys sort of doing anything to teach like really young women coming of age women about this stuff? Cause for yeah. me, it's like, like Lauren was saying, I needed this in high school to me. It's like, it's amazing. We know about this, but like my little cousin should know about right. all of this too. Yeah, you know? for sure. We do pajama parties in the pinky bader, but I'll be honest, we focus more on business and just confidence that they would go and take on the world and take on these disruptive ideas as a company, you know, beyond kind of educating consumers that we hope get out to um, all ages, uh, we we are working closely with just the medical establishment. Like, here's our what we're saying. So if you are sexually active, you're asked three questions, or if you might be. So starting even at a young age, if a, a girl is seen an OBGYN, they ask right. three questions. Are you sexually active? Do you want birth control? Do you want to be tested for STDs? If we would add one question and say, one and are more. you satisfied? Wow. We would open how how simple is that? How that just gave me that? chills. That just gave me chills. Yeah, that's and, massive. And so, you know, Addy, we have Addy, add one question, add one question to a wow. woman checkup, and we would change the conversation and open up a such a better dialogue here. So I hope that. You know, it takes 10 years to change wow. the medical establishment, but we'll get there. Cindy, like that's the that's the episode title. Are you satisfied? That is <laughs> yeah, totally the episode title. That is like, um, like that addition changes everything because everything. one, I'm going to be like way too shy and awkward yes. to bring it up myself. Yes. But I just put myself, when you said that, in the doctor's office. Yeah. And if she asked that to, yeah. to me... I would be honest with my response, yes. but I yes. wouldn't. I I wouldn't bring it up if if otherwise. Yeah. That's all the data too. Women won't bring it up. It's why we struggle alone so often with these things. We don't want it, but we want somebody to bring it up. So, ten year mark my word. Ten years from now, uh, hopefully sooner, uh, the doctors will be asking all women, including young women, that question. Yes! Yes. So many other questions I have for you. Let's wrap this with just a fun one. Okay. When you made a billion dollars, what was your biggest splurge? (laughs) Oh, um, my immediate splurge was I'd never had a pair of Louboutins and I bought a pair in the color was shocking pink. So it seemed exactly right for having gotten to a billion and female Viagra proof. I have the perfect... Follow up to this. Yeah. Were you satisfied? <laughs> because I fucking scrounged pennies to buy my first pair of lubes. Yeah. And I go, I just threw a rent on the most uncomfortable shoe most I wore uncomfortable. once. I think once. I've been I've been photographed in them more than once, but like literally somebody has to like prop me up because they were so bad at my feet. Yeah. I need a boyfriend. I, when I get a boyfriend, I'll just have him carry me in them. So that's you just right. see the red bottom exactly. and then that's it. You know, that's don't worry. Yeah. yeah. Those no, are no. the shoes that you throw into your purse. Then you put them on once you hit the couch, wherever you're going. That's right. Exactly. exactly. It's a couch shoe. <laughs> Cindy, so what an honor. Thank you oh, so, so much. Um, I would say, where can people find you? I know that you have a pretty popular Instagram. So what's the oh, at? Thank you. It's at Cindy pink CEO. Cool. And well, we hope to see more of you just like out in the media talking about this, spreading the word and as a shark on Shark Tank one day. All right. Let's call them. I like it. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you guys.
If you want to be the most interesting person at the cocktail party, well, hop on over and listen to the Brain Candy Podcast. Our award-winning content will have you laughing while you're learning. We read all the best articles, books, and studies, and keep up with new TV shows, documentaries, and pop culture. And then we cram it all into two shows a week. Conspiracy theories, cannibal rabbits, unsolved mysteries, the history of the Walkman. There's something for everyone. The Brain Candy Podcast. Find our link in the show notes. Or simply search for the Brain Candy Podcast on your podcast app. I don't get it. Podcast.